It's August 9th, 2022. Sounds like a pretty good day to go jump in the river. Come back. We're going to swim in kayaking, baby. You speak, we listen. Conversations connecting people. This is the Chuck Williams Show. Welcome back, guys. We've been doing a lot of politics, a lot of hardcore stuff. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to have more fun today. We've got two guests with us, Paige Swift. Paige is the executive director of Nature Now, and she is the producer of The Wintering Grounds. It's a documentary. We're going to talk about it at length in a minute. And then we got a world champion, Mason Hargrove, Phoenix City, 19 year old Phoenix City kid. You're not a kid anymore, are you, Mason? You're, you're, you're an adult. You're a responsible adult. But Mason is a world champion freestyle kayaker. If you're ever driving across the 13th Street Bridge or you're down by the river and you see these guys out there that really look like they know what they're doing in those ways, odds are Mason's one of them. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Thank Thanks for Chad. having us. Yep. Okay, I want to start with why y'all are here together because – Sort of how did the two of you get connected with somebody who does the nature stuff with a with a kayak champion? Um, really, the beginning of the story has to do with a film festival that I arrange. And so in 2018, our big feature on Saturday night was a film called Rodents of Unusual Size. And it's a documentary about invasive nutria uh, in New Orleans. And I invite directors and filmmakers to come do Q&A with the audience, you know, meet people and Jeff. Uh, had never been here, never heard of it, and he was just dumbfounded that we had a rapid in the middle of our town, and I think he saw some action out there, not rafting, but I guess maybe somebody kayaking. I never noticed any kayakers, honestly, except like the coconut, you know, some of the, the locals <laughs> that, that play around the with coconut's it. a respectable student, citizen of Columbus now. Uh, yes, he's great. And uh, anyway, so Jeff could not stop talking about it. And we kept up his film, that film rodents did so well around the world on the festival circuit. Top 10. It's kind of a cult documentary, isn't it? Yeah. And he's good at that. And he's done several. He has uh, you should look him up on the IMDB. Yeah. He's got, He's got a really amazing track record. And so, um, you know, I, I went up to New York and saw one of his screenings up there. And then uh, a local guy named Matt McDaniel, who's been working on trying to do a, a feature documentary about this Liberia uh, connection that Columbus has. And that's a different story. But he decided that it would be, you know, helpful if he had some sort of short film when he was chasing, trying to make that film yeah. happen. So he came in and he said, you know, what about these nomad kayakers that are like camped out down there by the water tower and they travel the world? And I don't know how he knew that much about them because I didn't know what he was talking about. And so I just looked at him and I said, that's that's interesting, but I think a professional should be involved. And I just called Jeff immediately and he picked up the phone and was like, what? <laughs> he goes, you think they're interesting? And I said, well, yeah, the head guy lives in a hostess bread truck. And so <laughs> he was down here within two weeks. And that's when we did the first filming in 2019. And I, I didn't even know about the Hargroves or anything at all about freestyle kayaking. Okay, so let, I'm going to move it along, Paige, because I think you and I could talk about this for hours. But <laughs> I had the same interest. I did some stories down there. I went down there and... 
used to work at the ledger. I could see the guys in the just below where they're now hotels. They were uh, camping out, and you weren't really camping with them as much as you're a Phoenix City guy, but you competed with and against all these guys, and you became their buddies, right? Yeah, uh, freestyle kayaking is not really that cutthroat kind of sport. Everyone's trying to help you. So we went to this World Championships in Nottingham, England this past year. And once guys arrived, we were all sharing tips. We all just want each other to be the best paddlers we can be. It's not like, I guess, football or slalom or anything like that where they just want you to, like, it's you working on yourself. It's everyone wants you to do the best they can be. Quick definition. What is freestyle kayaking? So freestyle kayaking is basically gymnastics in our kayak. Uh, you're surfing a standstill wave in the river, and each trick has a predetermined point value and a strict definition. And to score that trick, you have to do that, and then three judges will give you an average score. So you're doing, essentially, you're going in there and you're spinning and turning. It's amazing to watch. It really is. People that are good at it, like you and your buddies, um, and your little sister. Your little sister's pretty good, too. So to watch all of y'all go at it, I mean, to your friends that are – I mean, you're from Phoenix City. You're supposed to be playing baseball or football or something. <laughs> so how would you get in the river? So my dad works at Synovus, and he used to walk down to the island on his lunch breaks, and he saw a bunch of people kayaking. He was like, hmm, that looks pretty cool. So he started out boogie boarding down on Good Wave in his PFDs, his helmet, and then grabbed, like, this Walmart boogie board. And some of the guys <laughs> were like, you should try kayaking. So he was like, all right, I'll try it. And so he got into the sport, and then, like, any 12-year-old kid, they want to be, like, their dad. So I threw on all of his kayaking gear. It was way too big for me, but I fell in love with the sport immediately. His and parents are amazing people. They're just so outdoorsy, and they do all this family activity together, and it's just it's blown my mind, you know, getting to know them. Yeah, before kayaking, we really, we would, I would go play travel soccer. My sisters would do competitive dance. My mom would go play, play tennis. My dad would just go to work and then go to the river. Um, but kayaking's really brought our family together. Um, we live in an RV six months out of the year and just travel. And you have seen the maturation of the Columbus Whitewater course because about the time you got interested was right after they had blown up the dams. And so that course was beginning to take shape. What you've, you've paddled all over the world. What about the Columbus Whitewater course makes it stand out? So unlike other rivers, Colorado, it'll dry up. It has a super short season. Canada will completely freeze over every year. Europe has a bunch of small whitewater parks here and there, but they're not world-class. Columbus, it runs every single day and never cuts off. So the lowest our river will go is 1,000 CFS. And the highest cubic go, feet per second. Cubic feet per second. And the highest will, it'll go, we got 70,000 cubic feet per second last year. So there's no, there's no telling what new wave's going to pop up when. And we have about 20 different features on the river that we can hone in our skills on and and okay so not only is it attractive to you who live across the river in phoenix city and your dad at sonovas it became attractive to people from tennessee from france from all over the world right they start coming here in the winter because in the winter there's not much white water so this was a, essentially a southern wave right well, actually, that's an interesting point. It was part of the original story um, because a, a huge factor to me was um, there was a place in Uganda that they would go called the Hairy Lemon on the White Nile, and that was sort of legend. 
and it got flooded by a dam for a power company. And so what Stephen said to us when we first met him and, and Stephen Wright, Stephen Wright, he is one of the best coaches in the world. He's, he's your coach, right, Mason? He's one of my coaches. Yep. They all kind of share coaches. It's not exclusive like you see in professional tennis. It really is community and it is not cutthroat. But anyway, so Stephen said, you know, this is the only place in the world for winter training where it's warm water, warm weather, and y'all don't call the cops on us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, we're, we're this story is going to turn very quickly. Just keep listening, guys. Stay with us because because we're going to get into certifiable lunatics. You're going to want to be around. So y'all are so your documentary guy said, "Whoa, this is a story." That can be told. I think I remember him saying, this is the kind of story that documentary filmmakers dream of falling in your lap because it's so genuine and we have these characters and it's kind of a niche sport that no one's ever heard of. And then, you know, they're dirtbagging in a parking lot, but they're not like the dirtbagging community sometimes in rock climbing. I mean... They're all training hard. They're not partiers. It's really family-oriented. They're homeschooling. They're homeschooling and they're traveling. And and in the film, The Wintering Grounds, we can get to that later, they the talk fi- a lot about that. The documentary is called The Wintering Grounds, and it will be released in the next few weeks. It will be uh, It will be previewed at um, our my film festival, the, Na- the Nature Now Environmental Documentary Film Festival, Friday night. It's like the Friday highlight. Friday night, the what, August? August 19th. Okay. And uh, before it is another film called The Mystery about a really weird division of the sport of kayaking called squirt boating. <laughs> that could be its own show, Chuck, because I'm <laughs> telling you. Okay, let's, this is going to be a, the, but, this is a G-rated podcast. No, okay. no, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a crazy sport, and people are not going to, they're gonna not going to believe what they're seeing on the screen in this film. It's about the history of how it got invented. But I didn't believe what I was seeing in the river when I saw these fools out there. <laughs> I, I, use, I, use, I use fools as a... As, as a uh, nostalgic in term of endearment. Yeah, yeah. I would take you as a son right now, but y'all are fools. They, they had a heyday with that. But okay. I was going to tell you, so we didn't know back then, right? In 2017, nobody knew what those guys were doing because it did look crazy. But I think people should also know that, um, like Clay Wright, the guy who invented the first trick in a freestyle kayak is from Macon, Georgia. And he comes off into the wintering grounds, and he's a world champion in different divisions, and he coaches, and they call him Uncle Clay, the godfather of freestyle. And they're just really neat people. So so it's its own culture. And that's what Jeff picked up on in the documentary. That he took and brought this culture out. Exactly. And... Well, we didn't know really what we were shooting, I can tell you, because... It took the... By the second year, you did... Well, then there was COVID. So what happened is we were going to end with Paddle South, which is a big southeastern competition. And he came down and shot, and then they canceled. The You know, the world got canceled. And we spent all that time looking up footage of the world championships because we found out while we were shooting that Columbus had put in a bid to host that. So Columbus starts to get on the international Mason, Columbus gets on the international white uh, uh, freestyle kayak scene, right? I mean, this is a place that's on the map now, right? It is 100%. We're actually having our first international arrive 
tomorrow, actually. Uh, one of the Irish paddlers is flying in. Oh. So it's going to be absolutely amazing to have all these guys all over the world come to my hometown in my backyard and be like, this is where I train. This is where this is what's gotten me to where I am now. Y'all be jealous. And, and you know, and you can say that because you, I mean, you live, this is like living next door to the Rose Bowl. But you can actually go in and play. What did you say that time? It was in one of the cuts. We've had like, like 20 cuts of this film. It's like playing uh, golf with Tiger Woods every day on the U.S. Open course. I mean, it's it's something that is not very realistic that I have in my back pocket that I can use whenever I want. And it's like the best of the world. I mean, the top athletes in the world uh, come down here, and they will be more and more for the next two years. And when I was in England scouting Nottingham – considered shooting over there but it didn't it didn't work out um one of the organizers was like we just want to get through what we're doing here in nottingham this year and get to columbus and check it out because there's a big buzz you know in their competition world i mean sitting here looking at you you are physically as fit as a human being can be right now <laughs> uh, you're i mean you probably got core strength i mean you can't do what you do in that kayak without amazing core strength right i mean is that where it kind of starts is being able to have the core strength to do those tricks i basically train as a gymnastics uh a gymnast would um so just really working on the core strength all the upper body and then you got to be flexible as well so doing a lot of yoga to stay to stay physically happy or keep the body happy which is it's a big part of it does your body take a beating in that water? It definitely does. Um, shoulder injuries are a common injury in freestyle kayaking and kayaking in general. So just keeping up with the PT that the doctors give you is really important. Um, you got to keep your back healthy too. That's a lot of problems. And then what really a lot of people don't notice is rib injuries as well. You haven't, you're dealing with the strongest force in nature, which is water. Um, so you really got to know what you're doing and, you constantly train at water at 13, 14, 15,000 cubic feet per second, right? So that is what is traditionally known as the high water rafting trip on the Chattahoochee, right? Yes, sir. When you get into that wave with that water coming down at 15,000 cubic feet per second, what's the force of it like? It's pretty amazing. I mean, you'll be surfing the wave, you'll look around, and you'll see a bunch of stuff crashing. You'll see the wave crashing on top of you. You just got to watch out for the different surges in the wave and know when to throw your tricks on that. Um, we call it a pass where you get to the top of the wave, you can come down and do tricks. So you really got to know how your boat's going to react to the whitewater before it's going to happen. And that... And that... Sorry. We have a call. Have a I caller. did not turn first off my caller. Our first, first caller. caller. <laughs> um, Chuck, that's like the sound guy having a phone go off on set. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it's better in here than in there. Right, Axel? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's got to be a high. It's got to be an endorphin release, a natural high that a cyclist or other elite athletes would get when you do this. I mean, there's got to be this incredible physical rush you get out of this it's definitely a big adrenaline rush that i get every time i go in paddling um i always look at it as like a downhill mountain biker they have to go off of instinct and not off of what they feel because you don't know what's going to come you're going i don't know 40 miles down 40 miles an hour down a hill and you got to know what's coming up on the next turn it's like same thing for surfing big waves you don't know how the wave's going to crash you just go off the instincts and how your boat's reacting to the water to do all your tricks 
And the cool part about this from a visual standpoint and getting back to the documentary page is that when you, it lends itself to really cool photography, whether it be on the riverbank, a GoPro type uh, camera or with a drone, right? Yeah, and we, we really, uh, we used a little bit of uh, GoPro, but Jeff has a really nice Sony camera. I am not a gear junkie, but it shot, you know, 4K. But, I mean, phones maybe shoot 4K now. Yeah. But he just, he could not get enough of it. I finally had to tell him to stop getting B-roll of all <laughs> of the action in the good wave because it was so much. But he's really organized with how we get to go through it. But I remember when I took the first crack at trying to do time code notes for him for editing, uh, after we shot in 2019 and then especially in February of 2020, it's just eye candy. Like I could not get enough of watching it really either, especially the slow motion. And it's, it's a shame, you know, that, I mean, because these guys are doing insane things in the room. They really are. And when we would interview them, we didn't know what we were looking at. We we're just like, okay, he seems to be able to flip around more and go sideways and and whatever. So we would sit each of them down. In the beginning, it was Seth Ashworth, Luke Pomeroy, Mason. Mason was super shy at first in December. I don't think we even exchanged. You're not as shy anymore, are you? Well, no, they I didn't know who we were. We, show a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we show up with a camera, and we're chasing them around like stalkers. And Steven was fine with it because he and Jeff, you know, hit it off and talked about what we were doing. And his mom would drop him off and – you know, kind of give us a side eye and she'd drive away. And <laughs> we finally got to finally got to know them very well. Um, but yeah, I, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, oh, but, but the, the tricks, the, the tricks, tri the, wa the water footage has got to be something that's appealing to a documentary. Tim, film. Oh, big time. But also the fact that they're in this colorful parking lot with all these weird vehicles and different kinds of boats and that changed daily. And it, there was fire pit in the middle that happened. That happened when we were shooting one, one of the winters. I don't. They brought it over here. Golden's the guy who reps for Golden's is Brentley Powell Hudson, and and he's an old raft guy knows all these people. But um, yeah. So we would sit them down and interview them and hear them talking about these. It was like a foreign language. And so I said, let's just get them on camera, ask them about these tricks. And Mason wrote us a list of what tricks were, what some of the features are called, and what some of the holes are called in the course. The tricks, Space Godzilla, uh, Lunar Orbit, a McNasty. I mean, and we just start cracking up. Uh, because so what's the weirdest name for a trick? Uh, Phonics Monkey is a pretty funny one. That's Phonics what? Phonics, Phonics Monkey. Monkey. Yeah. Any kid to monkey pox? Uh. <laughs> no, it comes, it, it's an inside joke. Most of their tricks, there's an origin and a reason why they're called that. And then sometimes. So you guys are just <laughs> laughing at the rest of the world. Right Basically, now. Uh, the McNasty was named. Uh, Eric Jackson was the first one to ever do the McNasty, and he loved McDonald's. So he named it the McNasty because you got to have Mick in front of everything. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We have a sequence in the film where they go over that. And that's in the final cut, we decided to just kind of highlight what freestyle was because your average viewers never even heard of this. And then there's a sequence where we go through these tricks and there's actually a, a visual of somebody doing that trick. And it's really cute. Well, okay. So the documentary kind of gets COVID delayed in COVID. Y'all start pushing it back out. And y'all get ready to preview it this week and then put it in the Birmingham Film Festival. Sidewalk Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. that was really exciting. Um, shorts are kind of a weird how platform. long is How long is the documentary? Well, at once it was 20 minutes. It might be 13 minutes. Jeff 
Jeff just gets like fired up sometimes and, and it's really a different cut. A few people got to have a private screening last year and it is not the same film at all anymore. It really, uh, I don't know what got into him, but he, he yeah. got the magic mix and there's a great opening and there's a great sequence with the tricks. And then the moms talk about living this different lifestyle to show their kids the world. And so and it's a short film documentary. It's, it's a short film. And so shorts are kind of weird because, you know, you don't see them in the Hollywood box office scene or whatever. Um, but most most reputable film festivals have a lot of shorts. And Sidewalk is one of those. It's like rated top 25. So we are thrilled and it's nearby. And y'all have some people in Birmingham, your mom said, that are coming. And um, um, yeah, I mean, really, the whole idea was to see what we would get. Now it's a really tight film, but we would love to keep shooting. We would. There's a feature story in this for sure. The, I don't disagree with that. I think what they're doing, and I think once you get this first international competition and then you get the world championships here next year, I think that that opens the door for Columbus in this really freaky world that is yours <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we want to shoot though we would love to keep following expand this story and it's not about the wintering grounds in the little parking lot it's about this is their backyard and this is what has sharpened a lot of our local paddlers uh, in that community but then they're coming in from ireland japan i we heard there's a ugandan wave boat team that i've hope somebody would be interested in sponsoring if they came here it'd be like cool runnings <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're about to see columbus and phoenix city like never before you're going to see kayakers from all over the world coming here year round just to train so just so once they that. get a taste of the water they're going to come back they're going to be addicted is that, this is this the field of dreams for for kayaking it really is because a lot of different places will have one set feature and it only runs that water level all year round and it rarely fluctuates um with Columbus, I mean, or the Chattahoochee River, it it's always changing. It's always dynamic. I mean, it's it is dam controlled, but there's a spillway as well, so it can run up and over the spillway. And it's there's just always stuff moving. The rocks are moving, the waves are and, changing. It's it's pretty sweet. Well, and also the other thing that they talk about, like I mentioned earlier, we don't call the cops on them. I mean, a lot of places they go to train are in remote areas where you have to shuttle. Um, they possibly don't, trespass yes, a little bit yeah, a little, yeah, <laughs> bike, and they don't have facilities and so the whitewater building over there that's what that's what ended up being a, so so amazing because they used to camp in a parking lot behind where they built that ace one of the marriott's yeah. they moved over to that side and dan opened the building it has wi-fi the ones that don't have rvs like luke he shacks up in the shop in a hammock that he nailed in the corner Silky would go sleep in the back on that Naga hide sofa, and they use all the the refrigerators and things like that's dirt bagging. Yeah, but there's another dirt baggers like in rock climbing that they were kind of like not social people, and these people welcome about anyone. You know, it's word of mouth, and they're all responsible, and they don't tear the place up. Okay, now I'm going to jump into the point where. Paige will have to take the lead on this, but I want you in this as well, Mason. Uh, in 2018, in the fall of 2018, we had a hurricane. 2017. No, it was 18. Well, you were there. Yeah, I think it was 18. <laughs> it was 18 because I left the job. Pretty, it may have been 17. It may have been. Some, I, it might have been Hunter that told me. And I'll, let me, let me uh, tee this up. 
the first time we walked into that shop in December of 2019, there are these boats everywhere. It's winter. A lot of them are starting to show up. Uh, I don't know whose boat it was, but I looked down and I see this sticker. And I immediately recognized it. And I said, why is there a sticker of Chuck Williams on this blue kayak? And they all died laughing and no one told me. And we kept shooting and shooting. And finally... There, there we, is a sticker out there that has a... Okay, so, 2017 or 2018, whenever it was, I was uh, covering the hurricane for the Ledger Inquirer. And on my Facebook page, I decided to go live, do a Facebook Live. And the water was, if I remember, over 70 CFS at the time. It was 70,000 CFS. It was coming down hard. And as Mason well knows, when the water's that high on the river, it essentially washes out a lot of the rapids, right? I mean, it's, it's up on the banks. It's everywhere. So there, I'll look out there, and I'm down by the island, which is just below the Eagle and Phoenix uh, water tower. So I'm down there on the island, downtown Columbus, and I look over, and I see four or five of them out there kayaking in the middle of this. And my first thought, being the rational human being that I'm not, <laughs> uh, uh, was I start saying, there are people in the river. They are kayaking in this weather in a hurricane. They are certifiable lunatics. Uh, when I labeled y'all certifiable lunatics, you were not, for the record, you were not one of the ones on the on the water that day. I was not one of the ones in the water. My mom to, would not let me go paddling that day. I was, I was upset about it, but. I stand by your mom. Now, your mom verifies my certifiable lunatic uh, assessment of the situation. I love Miss Hargrove now. I agree with Miss Hargrove. She, she made the right call. But. Well, because y'all had a little conflict after this, right? Like, I well, the the, the kayak the kayak guys, <laughs> and it, who was the leader of the pack? Hunter Cottage. Hunter Cottage. Tom Dole. All of a sudden, I'm getting attacked on social media. They pulled out the video, <laughs> and basically, I became. And this is way before your time. She'll understand it. Axel won't understand it. I became Mr. Wilson. In the Dennis the Menace things, get off of my yard, kids! I mean, that's what it, that's what it kind. They kind of they were like, you know, we're highly trained, and I know they are. And but what I think Hunter kind of rolled with it. He was making jokes about being a rocket scientist and making the news. Oh, they they were killing me. They were killing me <laughs> online. I had friends. I think my first friend is a guy both of us know. Uh, uh, Justin Craig. Yeah. And Justin was the first one to see it online, and he called me just absolutely in tears, laughing. So <laughs> have, have you seen that that clip he re-edited and he went and reshot with the macho move and the big flip in the background? I, I have. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, so y'all ran with that. Um, and what was first perceived as an insult, as an old guy, not knowing what he's talking about, later became embraced in your community, right? Uh, Mason, I mean, you, you became a meme. I basically <laughs> became a meme. So we would always joke. We'd be like, if you did something really cool or something crazy, you'd be like, oh, you're a certifiable lunatic. And then it'd go, and we would just play along with it. No, the stickers were made. The stickers were put on the boats. We wrapped them. It was, it was pretty funny. It, it, it really was in the clip. Uh, I'll probably do a story on this at some point in the next week or so. But the clip, so 
you've got this documentary ready to go. Right. But there's a problem with it. That uh, There's an issue that there, lack, there seems to be a lack of sense of place, right? Oh, that's right. But spoiler alert. Yeah, there was okay. a lack of sense of place. And when Jeff was recutting it, you know, he, he has a lot of really amazing, talented co like friends in the industry. And I think it was Matthew Mole, Mole, hard time with that name. Um, they're in the credits, but he kind of got with some of his buddies, you know, from the trenches over the years and, and ended up recognizing. So like, he was collaborating with folks who were giving him feedback. Yeah. Cause we were really, we were in a struggle. Like, yeah. what does this mean? It was sort of about community and it was real, you know, sweet and families, but it was sort of also showing it to fresh eyes or people outside of the circle that They're hadn't like, been living is, it for two and a half years. Yeah, underwater. I mean, I know more about freestyle kayaking than uh. I think <laughs> to not be in the sport. But, yeah, people are like, where is this place? I don't really understand. I see a campground and then this massive wave. And then I, I even had local people look at some clips, and they were like, where, where is this? Where did you shoot? It's like, right right there. That's good wave. You can get there. You can walk there. Right. And uh, But people think it's some exotic place because of the footage. Are you, you know? saying downtown Columbus is not an exotic place? Well, it is now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so, so we, we, we figured out something. I can't remember what Jeff thought of it because what he ended up using as a location indicator, I had been begging him to put in either, either as an outtake and, uh, but he, he cut it and it's tight. And it's it's a very attention getting opening and can I we do a spoiler alert? I don't know, Chuck. Like I think it's going to really surprise people because it's never I been in there before. Okay, let me just Mason say, Mason hasn't me, seen it yet. Okay, let me put it this way. Somehow or another, I'm in the opening of a documentary. As, <laughs> Chuck's a, fired as, up a, as a location, as a location <laughs> uh, indicator, sort of. You because know? my voice indicates it's somewhere. Well, Chuck, you do a lot on the radio. I hear you, especially in the Southeast and for Georgians, you do political rewind. I listen to you on that. Yeah. You, They send you around, and you have been in the business for a long time, and yeah. you're sort of a community, shall I say, icon in a way. I would not say that, but I'll, <laughs> but I'll clip that and save it for my kids down okay. the road. Um, Grant, you guys listen to this one. <laughs> exactly. You're, you get it. He's you a meme it. and an icon. Uh, but, you know, what's what's really funny about it to me is how that kind of came in because my Southern voice does give a, a, sen a sense of place to it, and you can tell it ain't in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. You know, and if this screens, you know, I've, I've got to go back to the drawing board with festival submissions on the circuit, you know, particular festivals that love adventure shorts. But say this screens in California, which I think it's got a good chance at one of the festivals. Um, that's I, I think there's a curiosity factor there. Like, where is this place? Because you got a documentary guy that's already proven. So oh, he's in, yeah, he's kind of in that small world. He's a known name for sure. He's been nominated for an Emmy. I mean, he's that'll get his stuff. Uh, and say Jeff's name again. So uh, Jeff Springer. Okay, he's been in the business for a long time. If you look him up on IMDb, um, which is a film uh, resource database, it has all their movie past movie credits, awards. I think Rodents got. 30 different awards around the world. But yeah, I think if, if, if you're in a festival and you walk into the adventure shorts and there's the wintering grounds, I mean, it is clearly the South and it is clearly Columbus, Georgia. And that's why I love documentary. It's real stories. 
real people, real places. Well, you know, it was interesting, and I'm, I like to watch documentaries too. I'm watching the one I'm currently watching Man in the Arena right now about Tom Brady's career, and it's very, it's a, it ain't a short documentary. It's a series. It isn't a short. I gotta quit saying ain't. I gotta quit. Um, that's unprofessional. You do you, Chuck. <laughs> I do do me. Nobody else wants any part of it. Um, uh, you know, but one of the things you kept making some phone calls to me, I was like, why is Paige trying to get a hold of me? And then, you know, we finally connected and you wanted to sort of say, okay, I need your permission to use this. So I was in another life. I was on, I was not at the TV station at WRBL then. So I being the conscientious employee I am, you know, I took the uh, clip, Paige came in, showed it to us, and I took the clip to Connor Hackling. Connor's my boss, and um, he's news director here. And I was worried that using it could have some reputational risk. You know, it's like, because it's, it's kind of, it, it, you know, you look at it, and as Mason so eloquently said, I became a meme. And I was worried that there might be some reputational risk, and, you know, and my ego just got completely busted when Connor took one look at it and said, what reputational risk? That, oh. is, <laughs> that is your reputation. Well, I like, so you were worried about that. I, what we worry about is public domain rights. I mean, film festivals want to know you have all that cleared because if it screens, you know, you can end up in a lawsuit over who has rights to the footage. And, you know, we have footage from other resources, but it was given to us from, well, I don't know about Nick Troutman, but uh, you know the the um, it was a Facebook it was a Facebook live. It, it, it I think it's pretty obvious it's in the domain. Um, but and, you know, you know, and I brought in I brought in one of the stickers right mm -hmm. when we showed that to Connor and had that <laughs> meeting, and I, I have a present for you today, Chuck. Oh, uh, have you got the sticker? Oh, oh, I got to see the sticker. Okay, you got to show it to where. Okay, Axel, can you get that? How do you want? Oh my. <laughs> it's redesigned a little bit. Um, I need a kayaker behind me because, I mean, certifiable lunatics, I'm certainly capable of being in that club. Um, well, we, 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 yeah, that's sort of a badge of honor. And like he said, they're calling each other that, and it's kind of catchy. And they have all these really cool catchphrases like pinkies up, fancy schmancy, pinkies up, whatever it was Luke said. Yeah. yeah. Um, and keep then, it steezy. And then you got certifiable. And, you know, the thing about it is. We actually have three stickers made for the film as sort of like little uh, Easter eggs. One is the title graphic. Wintering grounds for the. for the From the poster, the movie mm -hmm. poster. And then uh, the trick. Pull, pull it up. The, oh, sorry. Space Godzilla is one of those. And put we'll, it up a little more, up a little more. Yeah. We'll have some of these at the film festival. And I think Daniel is going to, Whitewater Express is going to have them uh, in the shop. So well, everybody's excited. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this, but I'm it's going not. straight on your car. <laughs> <laughs> Black like, should I put it on my personal car or on the News Three car? <laughs> Mason, what do you think? Uh, um, you know, at least they left the Auburn off your sh off your sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, they did. I'm sure that had its own copyright issues. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Go back to 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 what guys that are certifiable lunatics do i mean you know what what i was reacting to the day, that day in the river was not so much your ability to handle the water 
It was just having covered floods and having covered high water in the Chattahoochee for now going on three decades. One of the things that happens when that river rises is it sweeps stuff off, off the bank. It sweeps the dead trees. You know, somebody, it may be, a, it may sweep concrete. Any number of things that can be swept into that current and move through the current kind of get swept into that river. I didn't know at the time, but you have t- since told me, Y'all take some precautions to make sure there's not a big tree or something coming when y'all are in that type, when y'all are in flood condition waters, right? 100%. I mean, we know kayaking is full of risk, but we, we try and minimize those risks as much as we can. Um, so we have a spotter. Basically, he'll sit up on a high point and have a whistle. And if he hears a tree or whatever's coming down, he'll blow that whistle and we'll know to get off the wave. Um, cause even in Canada, I remember one of the stories of the guys, he didn't hear the whistle and he almost like got taken out by an iceberg. So, um, yeah, it's, you gotta, you gotta know what's going on. You gotta you make sure you have that safety in play. Because if you're on a kayak and if you're in, you know, front face into the wave and you're doing that wave, all of a sudden a six foot log could become a missile. It definitely could. Um, we have some videos of us. We narrowly missed way or narrowly missed trees that would come down. Uh, sometimes we don't have a spotter, just be you and a buddy. So you're you're in the water. First and foremost, it's important to paddle with someone at all times. So you don't go out by yourself. Ninety nine percent of the time, you don't paddle by yourself. Um, you need to have someone out there watching you, watch each other. It's it's a buddy system. But we have videos of you skipping up and over logs. I mean, you can sometimes do like tree slides or rail slides off of them, but definitely got to keep it safe. How good do you have to be to do that? Because the guy that buys the Walmart, the, the <laughs> buys the Walt, Kmart, the Walmart kayak and walks out into the river and looks at you and go, wow, well, I can do that. No. It doesn't work I, that way. I Definitely can, not. I can tell you from trying to learn to roll. No. Mm-mm. These kayaks are all um, specially molded. <laughs> and so each of them are specially molded. They're all uh, tested to make sure they're whitewater ready. Um, it's definitely not a Walmart special. They're uh, called blue play light boats. You're in, light ja- you're in a Jackson kayak, right? They're called playboats, right, Mason? Yeah, playboats are the short uh, kayaks that are meant for gymnastics. They're about six foot long. Um, you get they're, river they're, runners. They're, they're more oblong than they. They're almost ran, they're almost football shaped in some ways, aren't they? Uh, they're very rugby com- rugby ball shaped. About rugby ball shapes. They're it's very compact. Very compact. You have this cutoff stern, so it looks kind of like a surfboard, but without the fishtail stern. How big are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm about five five. So I'm not the tallest guy, but most of the gymnastics guys aren't very no, tall. Anyway. I mean, you're built like a, you could look at you and say, "Okay, he could be a he could be." You could see you walk through the door, and somebody says he's a collegiate gymnast, and you buy it in a heartbeat. Who was the guy on the podium at Nottingham at Worlds that was like he was huge? I couldn't believe he could fit in a playboat. Yeah, so the Polish guy Tomasz Jasplitski, one of the best or. He probably is the best freestyler in the world. Um, he's like 6'2", but he can still throw it around. He has his bigger boat. It's about six and a half foot long, but he can throw that around. We call him the machine because he never stops moving. Like he is, he's always on the go. Do y'all have a communication system when the water's going up? When I mean, y'all obviously watch the Corps of Engineers and the Georgia Power Sites better than anybody to see when water is moving in this phase of the Chattahoochee, on this stretch of the river. Do y'all, will y'all like 
to y'all do group texts or stuff like that to say, hey, it's going to be a good wave at 3 o'clock or whatever? We do. We have a Facebook group, Chatted You Paddler, uh, that we do it. But my favorite moment is it was this past winter. We had gotten my favorite wave come in, that came in. It's called Southern Fried uh, Stakeout. Stakeout Wave. And I got a text from Luke Pomeroy at like six in the morning. He's like, dude, get down here. I was like, jumped in my car as fast as I could and like rallied to the river. But now we spent like eight hours that day just surfing that one wave because it comes in maybe once or twice a year. So and it's over by City Mills, right? Because I think I, I think we videotaped it's you. It's up on the, it's more on the Phoenix City side. I've been down to see it. And one interesting thing Stephen Wright told me, I believe, is that is one of the biggest waves on a river in North America when it's, it's in. It's called Southern Fried Stakeout? Southern Fried Stakeout And wave. they wig out over it. Where'd, you, where'd <laughs> you get the name for that? Uh, so we always go to Country's Barbecue right after, so it's Southern Fried. I mean, it's it's you got to get some fried chicken nuggets and some and a sweet potato. So, you're good to go. So what are the guys from France and Oregon and other really foreign places uh say when you take them to the bus station countries that is literally within sight of the waves they're like i've never had anything like this i'm like you got to try the yellow sauce or like the zaxby's sauce they have there oh it's so good and there's they always it was it long before good. zaxby's yeah, son. Long before i hate to correct i hate to correct you though man but countries they long eat, they're there quite often i mean i when we were shooting it was like they Countries to go boxes were everywhere, and I guess it's what a, if you have a really strong appetite from all that work, it's the spot. And that's the difference in this wave and other waves in what you've described as remote locations. Literally, you have the amenities of a community. You, you know, if you're old enough, and you certainly aren't yet, but you could go downtown and get a beer, or you can do any number of things. You know, you can go have dinner. You can go. To a play there there's there's a city and all that that comes with that right there it, and that's that makes this columbus wave you think that's going to be one of the things that attracts the world-class people it definitely is sort was in the foothills of the alps so or yeah the alps and so it was a little small country town that not many people know of uh nottingham it was out of the city so you had to either walk or drive there. It, Columbus that was a, that's a strange venue, and that's a water park, and people have probably never been. It's literally a concrete, man-made thing that you have to pay to enter and all that. It's not very appealing. So Columbus is probably going to be the most accessible and paddler-friendly venue there's ever been. I mean, you can literally stay now in hotels. That can look over the river. Look over the rapids. I mean, that's... It's pretty amazing. It's it's something that you'll. Do you work for the Chamber of Commerce? <laughs> Definitely <but>. not. <laughs> it's it's amazing. But I mean, what, what I'm we, just so lucky to live here. Yeah, and that's that was the thing in this film because it was we were trying to you know get support to produce it and shoot it and hire you know professional crew, and I was like I don't understand the disconnect. Like this, there's this is a crazy story. This is amazing. It's unique in the world, and no. You know, outside of our area, besides kayakers, I think there's a curiosity factor that's an element to it. And then we've got international stuff back to back. We have World Cups and then the World Championships. And those there's a difference between those two things that people may not understand. So yeah, so World Cups, anyone can enter. It's not You don't have to try out for your national team. So we're going to see a lot of the USA guys going to be showing up. Uh, but for World Championships, you have to qualify for your national team. So World Championships will be guys that have won or placed in other competitions. 
Not exactly. So each year, each country, or every two years, really, each country will have a team trials. So basically five senior men, five senior women, three junior men, three junior women, and then you got the C1, which you're sitting on your knees with one paddle blade doing freestyle. Um, so you have to go to a separate competition, win that one, or get top five to come to the world championship. So it, it is the best of the best in the world. And if you're defending your title, you get an automatic buy yes. like Mason had from Sort. And you touched on this a minute ago. How cool is it for you? And your sister will be competing in some of these as a as a junior as a junior girl, right? Yes. Um, how cool is it for you and your family to be able to literally say, "Yeah, we live here." It's it's absolutely amazing. I mean, like I was saying earlier, some guys have to drive like four hours to their nearest free uh, freestyle feature. I drive about ten minutes to my closest one. Um, and then, it, like I was saying earlier, runs all year round. So you never get bored. It's always changing. There's always something different. And then you have standing boy trails, which are 15 minutes away. Those are some epic mountain biking. And you have Treadstone, and the climbing gym. So there's, you never get bored in Columbus or Phoenix City. Like, there's just always something to do. The disc golf, uh, Smith Station opened up a disc golf course. And y'all, Flat y'all Rock do has that a really good. Time. We play disc golf a lot. It's a good way to get your cardio in, but still throwing stuff as far as you can. Meaning the wintering grounds. Like when they're taking a day off, you know, we'd follow them and they'd go, go like play the disc uh, golf course in the Phoenix City side or go squirt boating. I mean, you tried it once and you in your Basically dad. squirt boating is you're trying to get underneath the water for as long as you can. And these little bitty kayaks, you like cram yourself in. They're flat. And, and Certifiable lunatics. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you were putting rocks in your boat, and your dad was like, this is not a good idea. This is not a good yeah. idea. So you are literally trying to drown. Basically. Sink. I mean, not sink. Sink, sink and destroy. Sink, and, sink destroy. and drown. If you look them up in the dictionary, they got a relation to it. When you see this film, The Mystery, at the festival on Friday night, right before the wintering grounds, it explains it. And I think it's going to be cool for people to learn because it's going to be right here for a couple years. Okay, Paige, talk about the festival. I'm going to give you the kind of last dig on this. Talk about when the festival is, where it is, how you can get tickets. Plug the fe- oh. You can plug the festival right now. I'm going to give you a minute. Okay, cool. So it's August 18th through the 21st, which on that Sunday they'll do like a, I think your mom's organizing some kind of paddle event on Sunday. But the films start screening uh, Thursday all day Friday, all day Saturday. There's a schedule on our website. Next weekend. It's next weekend at Columbus State University Riverside Theater Complex, which is downtown. We have coffee talks. On the river. Yeah, it's right on the river. Uh, there will be kayaks decorated everywhere and rafts. Um, we're going to have Mason on stage talking about the wintering grounds and world stuff. But we have a block. Film blocks are collections of short films, and then I have guests filmmakers or speakers at each block to talk about particular topics um we have this is not just whitewater this will be environmental topics across the board conservation there's a block there's a block about inclusivity in the outdoors i've got an awesome guest panel for that um wildlife water quality discussions i mean it's all on our website it's too much to probably cover for what's your website Oh, uh, WW, well, they don't say that anymore, do they? It's watchnaturenow.org, and we have Facebook and Instagram as well. But there are art exhibitions. We have art receptions. There's a brunch at the Bartlett Center with Kathy Fussell's art quilts that are river areas and a red velvet waffle. 
Oh, brunch that sounds, buffet. That sounds good. Chuck's in now. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's a lot, and it's a, it's a, there's something for everybody. It's most it's all family-friendly, and it's just a great way to activate downtown and show off what we've got here now. So I hope people look it up, and please come. This and you're doing all this in your role as executive director of Nature Now, a nonprofit organization. Correct. I think out there, if anybody's like, wait a minute, that environmental film festival. I, I was under different nonprofits for a few years doing this. Um, when I was at Trees Columbus, it was called the Wild and Scenic. It has grown and morphed into its own festival now after consulting with my film sources. And so they were like, we are the Nature Now Environmental Film Festival featuring films from Wild and Scenic, films from Real Rock, which is a rock climbing sort of following, uh, Onyx Hunt, that's a, an application, a land navigation application, and Southern Is that exposures. sort of like caching? Is that No, geo, no, it's like, it's like if you're an overlander okay. or if you're in national parks, it's an app. And okay. It's, it's pretty big, but um, we've got some of their films. So it's, it's, a, it's a variety of films from different resources. Perfect. Um, when's your next competition, Mason? Uh, right now I'm just training for World Cups. It's October 3rd through 9th, so that's what the eyes are set on right now. I'm training harder than I ever have before because this is a home world, so i got to put all into it. So, and training for you is not necessarily just water training. You're doing your CrossFit and fitness training as well. Yeah, 100%. Went for a five-mile run last night. Went for a run this morning. Got some workouts planned. I'm doing 75 hard right now. It's like gallon of water a day, two 45-minute workouts. You pick a diet. It's it's all in or nothing. Are you – Are you, you're, I mean, how many pounds do you weigh? I'm like 145 right now. Are you and – you're, and you're strictly controlling your diet? No sugar whatsoever. Try and eat as many fresh fruits and vegetables as possible. What's your favorite vegetable fruit? <laughs> uh, kale's pretty good. I had a kale and banana oh. smoothie before I came here. That was that was pretty good. The reason well, that tasted good was the banana. Yeah, it wasn't the kale. <laughs> I can assure you. Although kale's not bad. Kale's grown on me. It's pretty good. Uh, it, okay, we've hit the point now. We're near the end of this this edition of the Chuck Williams show. And I'm going to do something. I haven't told y'all I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I've done it for nearly 60 episodes now. I call it Turn the Tables. I've been asking uh, um, y'all questions. Y'all get to ask me a question. And I'll start with you, Hunter. I mean, Mason. Hunter. Or, Hunter. Yeah, I'm, he, I'm well, confusing you. I'm I mean, confusing you with my mortal enemy. Oh. <laughs> Hunter would die. Oh, my God. He's, oh, man. He's okay. an OG sort of, though, right? All right, question number one for Chuck. When are you going to let me teach you to kayak? Are you offering? I'm offering. Do they make them that big? Oh, yeah. We can put you in a duo. Do you know what that is? It's a two-person kayak. Basically, you're in the front, I'm in the back, and we just go for it. They got Jeff out there for the first time after two years of shooting. They got Jeff on the water last year at the film festival. He was so happy. Axel, does this sound like a story? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that would be our director, director Axel, and I think he wants to be the photographer and also the obit writer. I know. Um, no, I mean, I would consider that. The last time I was in the river, Mason, was seven years ago, and I got dumped out just to the – I was in I was on a Whitewater, Whitewater Express trip, and I got dumped out – on the Bama side, I guess they call it Pemberton Falls or whatever. Yeah, that's and, a common spot to get and, dumped. And yeah. I kind of got dumped, and I got under the raft for a second or two, and, and eventually I popped out, and, you know, <laughs> and everything was fine. But, you know, it, it scared me a little bit just because 
water wins. We call that a fofo moment. So a full on freak out moment. <laughs> <laughs> we had those at the TV station too. I just didn't know what they were. Fofo. I'm about to have a lot of those next uh, week. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So I tell you what, unless you and I, I'll get your cell number when we leave here. I'm, you and I may be having a conversation. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Are you gonna if say my it? if my wife is listening to this, <laughs> I probably am about to become a certifiable. Uh, Jeff Springer will lose his mind when he hears this. I'll get him to bring his camera to the festival because he'll be here. But you know, I've got friends that kayak a lot. And they do still water kayaking. They, I mean, I've got a cousin that does it all the time on Lake Jordan and Lake Martin. I've got, I know friends that do it on Harding that do it, and they say it's an incredible form of cardio exercise. It is. I don't call it flat water. I call it training water. Training well, water? It is. So you'll get out there. And you can do the freestyle tricks in the flat water. Oh, so yeah, you, make, you make your boat Hard. do whatever it wants. Well, just throwing your body weight like around. Kathy, Kathy Holcomb, Abby, who won the uh, w- women's junior world championships in Nottingham, and she's a wintering grounder. Um, Kathy, I love Kathy. She's like, I see no reason to turn a perfectly good uh, uh, kayak upside down in the water. <laughs> she's, a, she's a creek <laughs> boater. And so she'll go off on solo trips or not solo, but these long trips, yeah, you know, from one point to an, a touring. Yeah, that sounds cool to me. Very peaceful. Yeah, she does a lot of uh, tours in the Keys, so she'll go out for about five days to self-support and do that, that there. That's amazing. And you, you got anything you want to ask me, Paige? Well, I have to say, when I started looking into the backstory of what happened with the Irma and the rocket scientists and the certifiable lunatics, um, I got a, there were a lot of people that were like, you can't use that. No, man, you can't do that. Like Chuck, like that was a thing. It blew up and, and Richard goes, I remember that. And I called him up and you know, <laughs> Rich, I was like, Richard Bishop. Yes. Uh-huh. And so um, my friends ate that. up. Everybody did. And it was this comment chain that was crazy. And I read every bit of it and I thought Chuck's a good sport though. Because I want maybe your mother or somebody said, no, he wrote a, a piece and was like, you can't take back Facebook Live. And I think that's really, um, I don't know what you would call that, like self-reflective. And then a few months later, I call on live TV where you can't take it back either. So. And here you are. <laughs> yeah. But what, what, how did you get, I mean, like past that? Like you were such a good sport about, you know, what we're using in, in, in this whole story. And some people... Facebook Live... Don't you, get past things, Facebook you know? Live, you say what you saw. And I said what I saw that day. I saw a bunch of certifiable, certifiable lunatics on the Chattahoochee River during a flood. Um, but I'm also... I have this unique ability, and not unique, but it's, a, it's something that has happened to me many times. I've got friends, I've got... Uh, people that are sources that the initial the initial way we met was confrontational, but it went from confrontational to a mutual respect, and that has happened with a I can't tell Robert you Robert Battle. Yeah, exactly with a, with the, with <laughs> the beer boy, with the beer boys. Um, that's why I call the non guys the beer boys. But it went with those guys. But it's also happened. Um, you know. The first time Randy Robertson, a state senator, and I had a deal. I mean, we literally had to be pulled apart in the in the lobby of the government center after a court hearing. Um, you know, sounds it, like you need to be followed with a camera more often. <laughs> I could, I could be. I, yeah, I am now. But no, but I have an ability to step back after I get into a confrontational situation and reassess because 
situations are just that. They're situations. There's a whole lot more around it. So if that makes any sense, I, I mean, I have that. I mean that I have that ability to do that, and I've had it for a long time. I, I mean, think that's really respectable because a lot of people do not like to back down after they take a position, and that to me that means you learn. I'm not sure important. I back down off of certifiable lunatics. I think they've just agreed that it's a perfect no. Perfect, I'm saying people perfect moniker for, them. but some people don't back down yeah. oh, and I they stay it. dug in. So I, I think it's it's learning, and I think that's really respectable. Appreciate that. Well, you have been listening to another edition of the Chuck Williams Show. We'll go back to boring politicians next week. Um, I'll do all due respect to boring politicians. Um, but this has been a blast. I love this. I mean, you know, and I'm telling you, Mason, I'm going to think about the offer. I, you, you've, you have, you have piqued my interest. Um, um, this is the part where Axel knows that I wrecked the car every time coming home. <laughs> but you can watch the Chuck Williams Show on WRBL.com Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. You can also catch us on social media. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Chuck Williams. On Facebook, Chuck Williams WRBL. And on Instagram, Chuck Williams 0999. I'm not using Instagram much right now, but I'm, I'm killing Twitter. I'm doing an awful lot of Twitter stuff right now. Uh, with politics and other things. So Twitter's a pretty good place to find me right now. You can get me on Apple, Spotify, and iHeart, traditional podcast platforms, as well as WRBL.com. We hope you come back again next week for another edition of the Chuck Williams Show today. We've had Paige Swift, the executive director of Nature Now and a producer of the Wintering Grounds documentary that you can see next week uh, previewing here in Columbus. And we've had world champion freestyle hacker Mason Hargrove. Mason, longest conversation I've ever had with you. Uh, Great, great respect for what you do and the athleticism that it requires to do it. Thanks, guys, for coming in. And we hope you come back again next week to another edition of the Chuck Williams Show.